0: <laughs> Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the ADHD Dads. I'm your host,
1: CJ. I'm JJ.
0: <laughs> and you guys might hear some kids' banter fighting in the background right now. It's bedtime, a.k.a. the witching hour in my household. This is when the kids are the most tired, the most chaotic, and the most out of control. So uh, though we've had many talks about uh, the quiet time that needs to happen down here during JJ and I's recording time, I'm sure that you'll get many flavorings of the Kowalski-Williams household here. So... <laughs> <laughs> But JJ, how are you, brother? How are you doing this evening?
1: I'm doing pretty good. I had an opportunity to have a good conversation with a number of good uh, other fellow fathers uh, tonight. And it just kind of enriches uh, and uh, it really like warms my heart to see men who are interested in finding a path to being a better provider in terms of all of the things in the family with resources, with emotional resources, with uh, quality time. I think the things that honestly like align with my core values, that's what I see within the group of fathers. I get to actually uh, facilitate every Tuesday evening. And so I feel, I feel really positive and good about tonight. And I, uh, you know, I, last week I had a uh, kind of a whole, whole flux of emotions taking place. And uh, so I was able to not only reflect on that, but then kind of build upon that with these, with these guys to, uh, to kind of, understand my world and and just like the experience of other men and what they go through. So yeah, I'm feeling good and feeling energized and I know we have some great topics to talk about tonight. Uh buddy, I would love to hear what's on your mind.
0: Oh man, we had uh some I was on that call with you. And for those of the, the you who don't know, JJ runs a co-parenting call uh within another dad group that we're part of on Tuesday nights for, for co-parenting dynamics called uh being the example. Um, and it's always really good stuff. And yeah, we, we, we have some good men in there that, uh, you know, really live through intention and, and, uh, really want to create better lives, uh, through imperfect learning. So (laughs) there's always, uh, lots to learn and and lots to talk about. And, and we had some interesting discussions, uh, about that. And, you know, I kind of hijacked the call on you, JJ, because we were talking (laughs) about, uh, you know something that i've brought up on your call in the past and and something that uh i've even brought up on this podcast before and and that's kind of uh boundaries and and uh you know how we establish them and and how we go about enforcing them and and reacting to them when uh they're crossed and, you know, there's been some like interesting stuff in the news. Uh, you know, I, I'm bringing this up. I don't I want to preface it by saying, you know, I don't really kind of lean one way or the other. I just kind of wanted to talk about the, the subject matter of this. But, you know, I know that there's been some some stuff on social media and and on the news about, you know, uh, a certain celebrity uh, and, you know, his ex and these uh, emotional abuse allegations, you um, you know, with with Jonah Hill and an ex girlfriend that he had that was a, a a pro surfer, and you know, I don't want to like you know talk about uh, pop culture zeitgeist too much, uh, or or especially celebrities or or, or people's personal lives, um, but I thought it was kind of an interesting dynamic because a lot of the articles that have been going around are talking about you know um, how therapy can maybe uh, be weaponized and used and as an aggressive, aggressive tactic. um, And in an emotional abuse kind of sense. So I kind of just, you know, have been thinking about that all day today and uh, what that looks like. And uh, honestly, I think that I've been thinking about it a lot because on I, If I'm honest with you, JJ, and and the listeners here, I think that um, I had a lot of emotional, abusive tendencies in my previous marriage. And um, though maybe I wasn't aware of that at the time, I think that manipulation can still be manipulation, even if it's not intentional, Mm -hmm. you know? and the stories that we tell ourselves are powerful and can be different from one experience to another you know um though i may have been trying to to learn and grow and uh and evolve in my life uh i think that i may have still made some poor decisions and and hurt people in that wake Um, and been emotionally abusive in past relationships, whether knowing it or not, whether based on generational trauma or not, you know, and, uh, I see things like this. Um, and for, for those of you who, who don't know, um, from my recollection of this, this was an ex relationship, you know, and she came out and shared some screenshots, um, of Jonah Hill and, and her conversation and it was kind of about, you know, how Jonah Hill maybe told her to not wear bikini photos on her Instagram and shouldn't be hanging around with uh, men or other females that may be in a toxic place in their life, other than for coffee or for a few uh, short moments, but no overnights and, you know, set a lot of uh, boundaries or rules or however you want to look at it. said a lot of things in their relationship and said, you know, these are triggers for me and I'm, you know, I can't be with you if you're going to do these kind of things. And, um, I just kind of wanted to talk to you, JJ, and get your thoughts on it and see, you know, how can we distinguish between boundaries and rules? And when do the consequences for these boundaries or rules become emotionally damaging? or toxic um or unhealthy um so yeah i just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it again i'm not trying to take one side or the other here um i just kind of want to i thought this was an interesting topic to explore we we've talked about boundaries in the past here so uh why not revisit it
1: buddy the uh the story that we tell ourselves about ourselves can be damaging in and of itself sometimes that's hard and it's difficult to talk about when we are still trying to work through something that another person had direct involvement in, and we've damaged them and damaged ourselves in the process. So I just want to say, man, I, I mean, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you for bringing this up, even though it does, you know, it does hit hard personally. It, it hurts hard for me personally to have to admit that I also Um, created enough damage in my marriage and past relationships to the point that I, you know, I don't ever want to repeat that kind of thing again. And uh, I think sometimes the challenge is through our lack of communication or clear communication on things, we get away with these micro moments of setting up rules and boundaries in a manipulative sense in our own heads without really fully understanding what we're doing. And then it becomes more of a reality and it comes to the surface as as an expectation of the other person in a damaging sense. So they feel trapped and isolated and scared because they didn't even really see this coming. And now it's just out in the open. What do I mean by that? Well, I'll give you an example of my, my marriage. Um, my uh, my ex she had a friend who uh i didn't really see eye to eye with on a number of things and uh i didn't consider this friend of hers somebody as as an influence that i would care to have on my own life and over time i made an effort unintentionally and really unconscious or subconsciously probably uh to indicate as such to my ex who of course was in a good friendship with this person so I, in some ways, was creating this narrative in my head and trying to pass it along that this person's not a good influence and should probably not be really much of an influence in our relationship or even just her relationship with her. And then I started to inject certain you know, uh, statements into the conversation about I don't like this, I don't like that, to the point where I was setting up uh, a story for her to uh my ex to essentially agree with or were in contention with each other about, and that wasn't okay, so there was no clear statement about boundaries or you know expectations or anything, but I made it known that I was more and more comfortable over time that 's definitely a form of manipulation and an attempt to control, and that wasn't healthy um I believe. That uh, that I was in the wrong in most every exchange with that person, and I'm not okay with that. And what, I mean, that exchange with that person, I mean with my ex, I don't mean directly with that person. Um, so what I did is kind of something like what we we're talking about with uh, uh, Jonah Hill and and his uh, his screenshots that were shared is that he had decided to share his insecurities with his girlfriend by saying her lifestyle doesn't align with his feelings his well-being and so therefore he's going to make it known to her like now at this stage in our relationship i want you to shut all those parts of your life off i don't know if that's entirely accurate but that's my interpretation based on what i understand at this moment and what i kind of take away from that is maybe maybe a misunderstanding of what rules and and boundaries are so I'll, I'll quickly give you my thought on what a rule and a boundary is in a relationship. And of course, uh, I think you'll probably have a, a better interpretation yourself. But for rules, I believe that a rule can only truly be a rule if, if it's clear, if it's stated clearly between both parties involved, and it's agreed upon. It's not a rule if it's not agreed upon. And if, it's, if it's only one person, it's control and maybe manipulation on top of that. A boundary is what one applies to one's self based on their experience. So if I am uncomfortable in this situation, I'm going to state, hey, I'm uncomfortable. And if it continues, I will maybe just exit the conversation, something like that. I'm I'm taking action over myself and my feelings, and that's what I have control over. I don't get to state a boundary saying, if you, or you can't do this to me, you can't speak that way to me, because that's not a boundary. That's that's something, uh, an attempt to control somebody else's behavior. Even if you don't like it, still, you can't state that to somebody and expect that to be considered a boundary that must be followed. Your boundary is for you to follow for yourself.
0: Yeah, I think it's a uh, far in line between the rules and boundaries, right? I mean, like if we're talking about, you know, infidelity, you know, like you said, I think both, if we're both agreeing upon that, you know, if, if we're cheating, this relationship is over, that's a rule, right? Like we're both coming to the agreements of this, that this is the outcome. We both will, you know, agree that this is how our reaction, if this cause happens, you know, we're a boundary. Hmm maybe there's a little bit more gray area as far as maybe the other person but you have a as you have a boundary over yourself and what how you're willing to react if that boundary is crossed so we're talking about mm-hmm. you know if you treat me this way I will react this way or if you say these things to me I will therefore do this you know, is where do we draw the line? How do we dif- differentiate between the two? And, you know, what is the right form of punishment when, when those things are crossed or, or, or
1: not agreed upon? I might argue that uh, in terms of infidelity, um, which is obviously one of the toughest things for a couple to go through is, is, you know, the rule, the rule would be that, you know, we're not gonna cheat. That's the rule. And it's a broken rule if one person doesn't abide by the rule that was agreed upon. And therefore the boundary that one has for oneself when they've been cheated on is now you know, taken into consideration by that person. It might not mean that they actually do follow through and break up and walk away from the relationship, but uh, that boundary for themselves to understand and identify who they are and their values through that is what's really important. Because again, you know, like a rule break is something that you, uh, You can't control the other person's actions so if they go ahead and go through with that infidelity that's a pretty damaging thing to one's you know relationship and and for for the majority of people out there it's something that they can't they can't go move past but that doesn't mean all of a sudden they can apply new rules and new controls to the relationship because of that choice the other person made So that's when they have to kind of go back on their core values and to their boundaries and say, do I, do I need to follow through with this to be true to truest to myself and, and the boundaries and the values I've set up for myself, if that makes sense.
0: Well, you know, I think a lot of the, uh, a lot of the problems that a lot of couples run into too, is that they, you know, they put these boundaries on each other as these, um, Expectations that aren't communicated, you know, and I think that it's why it's so important to have these discussions in an open way, um, in a curious way, because we oftentimes build up these resentments in relationships based on these expectations, based on these boundaries that aren't clearly discussed or, or, or defined. You know uh while we communicate early on in relationships and you know it's just sad to see couples um go through that without an openness you know or 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 a misinterpretation of what those boundaries look like or or why those boundaries are in place or what triggers are there for those boundaries
1: So what uh, what do you think it looks like in an exchange like that, uh, where at some point along the line something changed, or somebody perceives something is different? Do you uh, do you believe that that is a a, a fear based thing, an insecurity thing somewhere somewhere mm-hmm. in the uh, in the connection? The connection is compromised, and one feels threatened or afraid to speak
0: I do I think that there's a lot of like codependence that maybe goes in with it you know and uh, and are afraid we are afraid to speak our truths our boundaries or when people give our boundaries we say like yeah okay or we compromise maybe a little bit of our boundaries you know we were talking about emotional safety the other day and how maybe those boundaries change and Uh, you know, to make room, and I think a lot of that sacrifice goes on early in dating and and early on in relationships, Um, and it's a shame, you know, because I think that that's, like, really, like, that's, that's the chance to like really dive in and and get vulnerable with that kind of stuff. But we're too scared or we're too hung up or we're too codependent or we're too insecure. And I think it it like inhibits a lot of people. And then again, you, you build up and Harbor up this resentment and then it becomes too much, right? Like you've sacrificed so much of your boundary um, and so much of your space uh, to accommodate somebody else, that all of a sudden it grows and grows and grows and overtakes, and you feel not fulfilled. And I definitely feel like I, I played that out a lot in in my nine year previous marriage. You know, I think we were young kids and really um, miss. Led on on what a healthy relationship looked like and and how to communicate in that, and I I definitely fell victim to a lot of, sorry that's my ninety pound golden doodle out there, chasing the kids around before bedtime. So, um, you know, but it it just, God, sorry I lost my train of thought there.
1: <laughs> you had been misled in 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 what uh, to expect from a relationship and uh, the communication.
0: Yeah. You know, and it just, it it takes a lot of honesty that I think that we're not, we're not prepared for, um, or, or willing to get into. And, and, uh, you, you get to a place where all of a sudden you throw your hands up in the air and you say, I'm tired of sacrificing so much. And why don't I feel heard when in reality, maybe we haven't been, uh, good about defining that or communicating that.
1: So with this, uh, you know with this example that we've had um to to kind of look a little bit, a little bit at um would you say that uh um when something is expressed in such a way you know like you can't do this or do that uh you know you, you can't hang out with your friends male friends um for a certain amount of time is that really the person who's speaking that saying like i am i am not Well, in this area, and in order for me to be well, I need, I need this from you. That codependency thing that you're talking about.
0: Yeah. And I I think that that's the the miss, you know, is we often put it on other people, you know, and um, like you said, I think a rule is an agreed upon thing, but sometimes boundaries get misinterpreted as like, you have to do this thing. You know, and I think that that's a real miss, you know, um, to really control anybody or or anybody's freedom. Um, and I think that that really speaks more to our own insecurities and codependencies than it does, um, about that other person and what we think of them or what they're capable of or what they might do to hurt us. I think it more speaks to like, what we think about ourselves. And I think that that's the miss is that most people will just stop, you know, 10 yards short of hitting the real mark. And the real mark is that I have insecurities, I have some codependency and I have some things that I need to work through and they stop short you know, 10 yards before that, at there's something wrong with you. You're making me feel this way. You're triggering this in me and you need to stop rather than I need to work through this and I need to ask the right questions and I need to figure out what's going on with me that makes me feel this way about you.
1: So the idea is like the uh, grass is always greener on the other side. You're, if, you're, if you're going to the other side to, uh, to escape from or find something better than uh, what you came from, you're going to be disappointed because if you're expecting somebody else to put in the work to make that grass greener, then you realize that your expectations are never going to be met unless you put in the work.
0: Well, you said it exactly. There is—it's not that just the grass is greener on the other side, but we're like, why isn't my grass this fucking green? Why isn't somebody over here making my grass as green as over there? When we need to realize that, like, it's our yard and our grass, and we're the ones that control how green it is, right?
1: Yeah, um, and uh, one thing that I had—I've uh, been trying to hammer this point home for for anybody who uh, you know is in a situation of. Pointing the finger, especially, you know, in a co-parenting or marriage, you know, relationship is at some point along the way. And actually it's probably always been there is the, the relationship exchange is co-created. So we're both putting in work. Co-creation means, you know, we are both creating something here. We cannot simply rely on the other person to do the work and for us to reap the benefits. And then the same it happens with the falling out, you know. Again, this example—I'm sure there's always so much more that we don't get to get to see, get to witness, which is good, you know. People should have some private lives and an opportunity to work on themselves without displaying it for the whole world to 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 witness and then make judgments on. But uh, a co-creation of the falling out of a marriage is definitely something that uh, occurs far too frequently, and and uh, the problem is is when when we're Working towards something and it's going well, we have a tendency to talk about the other person in a very positive light. And then when things start to slip, unfortunately, a lot of times we start to talk about the other person again in a negative way, rather than also talking about what what was it about myself that I brought the best version of myself to this, and what was what was it about myself that brought the worst part of myself to this? How do I co-create? How do I co-create good? How do I co-create bad? Because I don't know of the, the, the numbers, but I would imagine the majority um, overwhelming majority of the struggles of relationships that fall out and turn into divorce. It's a co-created effort and that sucks to say it, but it's just, it's just the truth. Most of the time, there are exceptions. There are some pieces of crap out there that, you know, come home drunk and they just want to take it out on their spouse and, you know, there's there's no reason for that because, you know, their day wasn't created by their spouse. Their day was created by themselves, taking things to another level of escalation and then bringing that escalation home. Yeah, that happens, too. But for the majority of us, yeah, we, we, we both play a part in that co-creation of things falling apart. And I imagine a big chunk of those uh, relationships could benefit from the communication of rules and boundaries and the full understanding. Like, let's put this to paper. Let's look at this. Let's agree on, upon this rule. What does your boundary look like in this situation when this rule is broken in our relationship? That sounds pretty hard. My rule being broken looks like this in terms of my boundaries. This is what you, sh- you could expect from me in this moment where our boundary or our rule has been broken and my boundary has now been um, put into action. I'm going to do this for myself because I'm no longer feeling safe.
0: yeah again i think it goes back to an interesting point of like what is the fine line between a boundary or rule or establishing a trigger for yourself but when it also inhibits somebody else's freedoms or expressions or ways of operating in a relationship or in their independent lives And Mm -hmm. I think that that's like an interesting point to at least consider or think about, you know, as again, we've talked about, you know, maybe it, maybe it teeters between unhealthy and and healthy. you know, when it, when the boundary becomes not more about how you are or how you react, but more about the other person and what Mm -hmm. they should do or how they behave. And, you know, I think that it's important for us to Concentrate on ourselves because everybody's story can be so different, you know, and I'm so sorry, Jonah Hill, if you're listening to this episode <laughs> and, and that we're using you as this platform well, to talk let about me give this, topic. this topic.
1: Let me give you an example <laughs> of how, how this how this gets twist and, and added to. If I were to say, if you love me, then you would fill in the blank. That's a form of manipulation. Yeah. That's now that's now placing an expectation for somebody to somebody to work through your insecurity and make you feel better, or to, to try and help you cope with something that's in that's within your own being.
0: And brother, I fell victim to this. Honestly, sure. I, I did this in my last relationship. I need you to do this in order for me to be happy. I need you mm-hmm. to do this and then we'll be good. Or if she would just do this, then I could just be okay. You know, and Or now, if you don't
1: do this, I will walk away, which is- Yes. Yeah. You know, a threat. Or, exactly.
0: You know, I, 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 and I think that- uh, more frequent than not i think that that i may have used that as a as a as a threat as a punishment yeah if the things don't change i'm going to leave mm-hmm. you know if if this doesn't get better then i'm out you know and though in the moment that felt justified and it felt like i'm not getting my needs and i need to communicate that but i don't have any other way to do it so i'm going to threaten i'm going to get loud and i'm going to put down, you know, in order to convey that. Mm -hmm. Now I look back and it feels so wrong and so obvious, you know, but in the moment without a lot of training and coaching and reading and and intentionality, it felt justified. It felt right. Mm And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people just go on and they justify that and they give stock to it and say, well, well, I'm right. I'm not getting what I wanted. And I need, I deserve to live the best life and I deserve, uh, you know, all of the good things and all of the better things and all just better, more good, better, you know? And sometimes we don't really stop to think about like the repercussions, the wake that that leaves behind the side effects or the ripples that that puts out to our relationships and the people around us and the people that ultimately mean the most to us, you know? And I think that we are right and justified in those wants, in those desires, in those needs, right? We are all humans and just because you want this thing that you're not getting from your wife doesn't mean that you're right or that she's right or that you're wrong or that she's wrong. I ultimately believe that you guys are both right. You guys both have wants and desires and needs that you feel need to be fulfilled. Even if Mm. it doesn't align with your partner or spouse, you probably fucking, you know, want it still, you know, and you're not wrong for that. But what I would encourage our listeners to do, or anybody that may be struggling in this sort of dynamic is there is a different way to express it. There's a, a different way to communicate it and to convey it and to, Ultimately, get what you want that doesn't rely on another person's behavior, needs, or wants to to get what you want or need. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think that it, the more that we talk about this and bring this to light and and dive into this kind of stuff, the more that we can maybe uncover a little bit more truths about it in a better way to. Uh, communicate these needs and wants rather than just kind of blowing shit up and saying the wrong thing. And then, you know, getting put on blast on, you know, the next me too movement on social media.
1: When, uh, when one begins to try and understand oneself, one can identify their needs more clearly. So like, if you, if you realize that you're an anxious style of attachment and you, you need communication at least once a day from your partner if they're out you know on travel for work or something you know i need i need this check in every day my anxious style of attachment wouldn't allow for going 3 or 4 days without hearing from you like that's a need saying you know i need this from you and if you don't give it to me um then i'm going to again fill in the blank That's when that changes to manipulation and control. I guess the bookend that I look at here is same with the boundary is if I express the needs, I'm trying to understand myself. If I express the boundary, I should be trying to understand myself in that. When I'm in relationship with somebody, I better understand what I'm bringing to the table. These are my needs. I'm bringing them to the table. This is who I am. That's important. And if that person says, you know, that really doesn't align with who I am, you, pr- you probably have a pretty clear answer. Or maybe your, you know, your styles of attachment, your love languages will allow for an evolution of something great to come from that. Where the two of you accommodate each other in a loving way, not in a withholding love way, but in a loving, freely given way, then that's, that's healthy. Withholding things and taking things away from the relationship in some way, especially when it's an emotional thing, is incredibly damaging. But if I'm saying these are my needs, um, they matter to my core values, and then here's the rules that we agreed upon. This boundary is my boundary for myself because it aligns with my core values and uh, what I believe in then I've told you who I am in this situation. I'm bringing this person to you. I am not threatening you with it. I am instead sharing with you how I choose to live my values based on an experience that may or may not happen. That way it's understood, it can be worked with, and it can be identified in a healthy way rather than springing upon somebody saying, hey, I just realized you do this, if you do that, I have an issue, or you can't do that anymore, because, you know, I'll fill in the blank again. Um, The more we try to control and manipulate in that, the less we are being about ourselves, and the more we're being about the insecurities that we are trying to not, not, uh, not feel.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that, um,
1: you know, when it's,
0: weaponized or uh, consequential is maybe where the boundary maybe gets divided for me between unhealthy and and healthy. You know, I think what what defines a good healthy dynamic in something like this would be, you know, uh, this behavior makes me feel this way. And maybe when you exhibit that behavior, You know, we can talk about it or there's a safe space for us to communicate about how that makes me feel and why you did that behavior, knowing that it's going to trigger this emotion out of me rather than what I feel maybe crosses the threshold into unhealthy behavior is if you do this behavior, I'm withholding, I'm going to leave the relationship. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to walk away you know, or or whatever it is, because I feel like, where do you go from there? There's no learning, there's no growth, there's no understanding from there. You did a thing, so I'm shutting the door. I'm tuning you out. I'm not gonna understand you because you didn't try to understand me because you crossed my boundary, you know? And I think that it can't be opposite end of the spectrum like that. You can't live over on this side and also live over on this side. You guys both have to be willing to meet in the center of, okay, well, shoot, you know what? I did that behavior again. I know you told me that that was gonna trigger you in this way, I did it anyways, I, I wasn't even thinking about it, I forgot about it or whatever, whatever. But I think that the more that we can have a little bit of patience and grace and understanding for one another, is though you did that behavior and it triggered me, and shoot, okay, I'm I'm not gonna resent you or punish you for it. I'm gonna try to understand why you keep doing that behavior, just as much as I hope that you understand why I maybe react the way that I do when you do that behavior, and maybe we can just try to grow and understand and 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 mesh with each other in that. And I think that that's where the miss is. You know, we say, oh, well, well, she just did that thing. She went over the boundary. She broke the rule. And now I'm going to resent. I'm going to withhold. I'm going to punish.
1: Yeah. And that degrades a relationship where somebody comes to you and maybe in, you know, maybe in your relationship, uh, the love is there early and uh, and then you have an opportunity to speak about that trigger and that insecurity. And if, say the conversation is healthy, you know, you can work through it. If it's not healthy and one rejects what the other person says as here, here's where I was at in that moment. And I, you know, I recognize your insecurity. And then the person with the insecurity rejects that the chances are some of that relationship is now, you know, trust has been degraded in some form that coming to the point of having open communication about it is starting to come to a close. And that's when you're in danger of two people resenting each other because they're not seeing the same wavelength anymore. And yeah, if, if we have an insecurity about ourselves and we're triggered, that's an indication that we need to work on ourselves. That's not an indication that somebody now needs to step in and work on that for us. So we can, you know, we can heal. No, we we've got to do that healing within. Of course it does, you know, in terms of relationship involve two people coming to an understanding with each other out of love. But if that's not, if that's not spoken, if that's not a safe space where that's given up to, to each person to contribute to instead one person feels threatened by the other one based on their insecurities, that's not going to make that, uh, that rule or that boundary successful it's only like you said going to become a weapon
0: yeah i think that we uh honestly i think that we need to be more open uh with our boundaries a little bit you know i think that uh there's just a lot of perspective and learning um to do and, and understanding and empathy to other people's stories and experiences You know, we get so caught up in telling ourselves our own story and establishing these boundaries and these blinders that we put on to only see our perspective and our point of view in the world um, that it's easy to fall into a rhythm and pattern of egocentrism and narcissism and and self-absorption, right? And um, I think the more that we can be open to other people's experiences is where we really like open ourselves up to a lot of growth and understanding, you know, Um, I don't see a lot of growth or experience coming into someone that's got those blinders on and they're only choosing to see the world in one way because again with this thing with jonah hill no one is necessarily right right like i mean there's two stories that are being told here and there's two perspectives that are going on and and though maybe this woman feels you know weaponized or assaulted um in or punished in these, these boundaries or these rules that were established here. What is Jonah Hill's story? You know, I mean, maybe he's just trying to communicate in a healthy way, right? Like he's trying to <laughs> use these tools that he's learned in therapy, um, to the best of his knowledge and experience, um, when communicating, uh, what he thinks a healthy relationship looks like and that's his story and hers is different mm. and now they're coming to a place where it's publicized and extorted in the world and we're talking about <laughs> it on this podcast and everybody's talking about it on social media you know but it's just interesting you know i mean again if we if we were able to maybe open up some space to be more empathetic to another person's story would this be happening right now? You know, Mm -hmm. but mm, we get so caught up in that tunnel vision, man, and telling ourselves a certain narrative and how our experience was affected that we often forget to realize that that's not the ultimate truth, that there are more than one truth going on in the world.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll go back to the story that I know of my own experience is that, uh, I built up this narrative in my head and then tried to, uh, tried to more or less force that idea into my ex's head that, uh, that this friend was toxic for our relationship. And this is kind of similar to what, you know, the social media stuff's been talking about with this, uh, Jonah Hill situation. And, in to the best of my understanding, is that, uh, I can see, I can see how this person, um, she was threatened, that her identity and her way of living is now being um, told to be stripped away from her. I I need to cut out my social circles, I need to stop living the life of, you know, enjoyment and, and happiness that I found. Um, prior to this relationship, I need to, I need to cut that off. And I need, to, I need to instead go back to back to this one person for my source of comfort and you know enjoyment and pleasure and stuff and that's to me I'll just say this much that's a dangerous place to be put into you know all of a sudden hey I can't I can't I can't uh hang out with you anymore because you know my boyfriend or my husband says I can't hang out with you you're a man I shouldn't be allowed to be in the same room with you unless my husband is present um why because my beliefs say so uh my husband says so um, I don't want to see somebody have their identity and their rights as a as a person to be stripped away because they're in a relationship where that relationship partner says no to those things. That's scary. Now, are there some things that we're going to change about our social you know lives when we do partner up? Absolutely. I, I think that's that's pretty typical. But if we have to now all of a sudden turn our backs to those things because that's what apparently is expected of us. I would give pause to that in every situation because that's a threat to my own identity. That's a threat to myself. And it's most likely a threat to some of my happiness.
0: Mm, yeah, I think, uh, you know, going back to the, the boundaries and rule thing that we were talking about, what you were just saying there about it being a threat to an identity I think is kind of a good kind of flag placement you know for for that too to think about and um if you have to sacrifice a part of your identity to accommodate somebody else's boundary is that a boundary you know or is it a misalignment of values and an intentionality and a
1: an ultimately, attraction, right? Yeah the uh, the 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 example that I've got from my life is that you know that that friend who was a, a great friend is I'm sure a great friend to my ex. Uh, if my ex was having an issue in our marriage, you know, sure, I would love for us to have such a good communication style that we can talk through it. But having that social network of trusted you know, trusted peers to to go to when things are hard is incredibly valuable. If I am a person who is, you know, uh, trusting my partner and has confidence in our relationship, I should have confidence in the in the relationships that she's brought to this relationship that I now have with her. And unfortunately, I decided no, that's not the case. That person's actually trying to threaten our relationship with her opinions. And that was the wrong way to look at it. Like if I'm an upstanding person and she chose me, her friends don't have to love everything about me to say, wow, we also trust her that this man is the right person to put in her life because he compliments her in this way. He compliments her in this way. He trusts her for these reasons and stuff, just like I trust her, like giving, giving that trust to each other is of utmost importance. And when we have to start putting all these stipulations on and new new rules that just kind of come out of nowhere because of insecurities on a relationship. I think that's an indication that something is not working here. And it's most likely somebody who has to, you know, work on themselves is me because I'm the one that all of a sudden has thrown up all these flags. Well, those flags are probably my flags and I'm trying to suggest otherwise. And therefore I'm trying to control,
0: you know, a lot of, I hear a lot of men complain about, uh, you know, I don't, I just, I don't like when she goes to her friends and bitches about me. You know, she's always, she goes to these girl nights and she's, I'm sure she just talks about me, you know? And like, so what man, you know? Yeah. Like, and that guy, that guy who's saying that's doing the exact same thing right there. <laughs> right. Right? And, and I mean, so what, you don't want your, your wife, your partner to have a place to vent, to, to let it out, to get, valuable feedback and perspective. You know, we all need that, right? Like, and and I fell victim to this too, JJ, you know, that that insecurity in me. Uh, Don't talk about me. You know, I don't want people to know about that, you know, and I would encourage anybody who maybe is struggling with that, that lean into that brother, you know, like learn learn what learn what other people are saying (laughs) you know what like get comfortable with that man get comfortable with your fuck-ups get comfortable with the shit that people talk about you you know like fucking own that and here i am fucking own that jj (laughs) (laughs) trying to replace those curse words (laughs) you know but fucking own that man like start asking some questions rather about growling all all over the place and feeling bad about how, you know, you're not the perfect husband, the perfect man. Why don't you figure out how to, where you can improve and Mm -hmm. what other people are feeling about you and how your presence does make other people feel when you enter a room in the way that your vibrato, you know, makes other people react. You know, I, I think that the more that we can get comfortable with that, the more that we can grow and really become men with integrity.
1: Mm-hmm. When you when we act out of defensiveness, it's usually an indication that there's a crack within our uh, you know our our walls, and that's something that we need to work on. That's something we need to own up to. It might not be a hundred percent truth from you know the the other side of it, kind of looking in on us but it's usually a sort it's usually a piece of feedback that we can use to i you know to dissect ourselves a little bit and to to grow from be like oh there's if somebody's just speaking gossip about me because they have their own insecurities there's that but if they're speaking something and that you know there's actually some truth to it why fight it why why suggest no uh you know i'm not going to work on myself what's where where are we gaining there if we're gonna live our lives, you know, lying to ourselves that we're, you know, we're doing all the things right and everybody else has got us wrong, you know, what what are we gaining? Where are we where are we actually improving our relationships? We're not improving our relationships, we're just telling everybody else that, hey, I don't wanna work on me, so screw you and just deal with it. That's that's a that's a surefire way to destroy every relationship you know you're in but if somebody gives you that feedback and especially toward the beginning a lot of times in these relationships where people are more saying oh sorry to this sorry to that oh i'm so sorry you know i i we, we we tend to say sorry so much in the early part of a relationship because we're trying to win over this other person but somewhere along the lines we decide no i no longer need to win this person over now they need to win me over i'm the i'm the good one in this situation here's what you need to do for me then we've lost our way we no longer are are owning up to our insecurities and our in in our mistakes in life and instead now we're trying to tell somebody else how to to you know run their lives in order for me to be happy we've lost our way so owning up to that stuff when somebody gives that feedback hopefully it's in a healthy way and usually it's in a healthy way if you allow for it as soon as you stop allowing for it that's when those destructive comments come out and you know you send texts that say really hurtful things because you're uncomfortable with something that at one point you were actually, you know, you were actually open to hearing about this other person. You were excited for them. Now you've changed your mind because your insecurity has told you otherwise. We can own up to it. We can get better. Do you want to work on the relationship and make it succeed? Or do you want to sit, you know, set up camp and then be the only person in that damn camp?
0: Yeah, I think, uh, the reason why I was such an asshole for such an extended period of my life was because I didn't want to be an asshole you know I just didn't want people to think that I was an asshole but I think that a lot of uh change for me happened when I was like okay please tell me more you know let me let me be open to why you think so and I didn't always have to agree you know I I you know, there's probably a lot of things that I that I still don't agree with that maybe people think I was an asshole that I still maybe think I'm <laughs> justified in, you know, but um, I try to be open to it, you know, and I and I try to, to listen to everybody's story because mine isn't the only one that's at play here. You know, um, everybody else's story is just as valuable as mine. So, um, yeah, I
1: just try to remind myself of that,
0: you know, and, and would like to remind our listeners of that.
1: Um, you know, there was yeah. a few years ago. Oh, sorry, buddy. Go ahead and finish. Apologies. No, no, no. Go,
0: go for it. Go for it.
1: I was, I was going to add that viral thing that happened, uh, I don't know, a few years ago where the, was the dress blue or gold? You know, that, that, uh, the, oh, yeah. that mm-hmm. even within like my workplace, people are like, Oh, what is it? You know? And it just, you know, to me, I was like, I'm, I'm not even going to enter the the conversation because clearly we have uh, opposing views here. But the thing is, is we were all looking at the same picture We just decided to translate it differently. And some people were like, no, it's definitely that. Well, is it? (laughs) When we get into a relationship, are are we stating facts to the other person about a situation that usually involves feelings and opinions? No, we aren't. We're speaking our view. And our view can certainly be picked apart if we allow for it. It doesn't mean that we're wrong. It means that we have an opportunity to be more right. Are you searching for that dress right now?
0: No, I <laughs> <laughs> I was searching for this uh it's the the fucking uh the funkin pistol shrimp. <laughs> have you heard have you heard of this thing? The pistol I have shrimp? I not. No. Okay. I have no well, I was dude, I love fucking na- funkin nature <laughs>
1: it's late we'll folks. Get we normally yeah, record during the day
0: exactly <laughs> i love nature documentaries jj and uh, oh, yeah. the, uh there's this one uh you know david attenborough episode mm. about the pistol shrimp and this thing or the bullet shrimp and this thing like lives underwater and it jj it never dies it would it, unless killed by a predator yeah. this thing yeah. lives forever it regenerates. It does not die unless by like a predator or something, you know? It but it's ugly as, as hell, causes. so we
1: still don't want to be it, right?
0: <laughs> and it, and, it, and it, it, the way that it kills its predator, this prey, is it's in the water and it, it snaps real quick. It moves so yeah. quick, faster than the speed of a bullet, JJ. It boils the water around it. It moves so quickly to kill and like stuns its prey, like <laughs> punches it and, you know, eats it. And the shrimp, JJ can see like 32 more colors than we do as humans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're only seeing these primary colors and these mix of these primary colors. The shrimp sees 30 colors, that we aren't even aware of jj yeah the mantis shrimp in the world yes the (laughs) mantis shrimp yes (laughs) you know so i just i think about that little shrimp all the time man and it blows my (laughs) mind you know just that there's all of these things in the world happening around us that are real that are reality that we don't see as real or we don't see as reality because we just aren't attuned to it we don't see it we aren't tuned into it we aren't flexed in it you know and it's just amazing to me because this thing all these things are happening around us all the time and we have no idea we think that our story is the story the most important thing the only way of living life and seeing reality when it's not true man there's 32 other colors out there that we aren't even aware of brother You know, Mm -hmm. so I just when we're talking about stuff like this and and perspective and the stories that we tell ourselves and, you know, and what's important, your boundary or mine, you know, they both are, man. It's all happening all around us. And it's just all as important and meaningless as the next thing. Yeah. Getting real
1: philosophical (laughs) on you.
0: (laughs) Real Nietzsche on you.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and there's there's a way to make a relationship or break a relationship just depending on the sentiment behind our words and the words themselves. You know, you could say if you really love me, you do this, or you can say I'm I'm struggling in this area. I wanted you to be aware of it. I want to work on it. Instead of instead of passing the responsibility onto somebody else to make you happy, you say, hey. I am, I, I want to be a better person and you are the inspiration for that. Just think about how much difference that, that those two statements make for somebody to receive them. So when I see those messages, I don't know if I've actually seen any of those messages, um, I'll just say it as a global, you know, something of the like of those two types of statements, one's destructive and it's not going to, it's not indicative. You know, thinking of like John Gottman Institute and the signs of a relationship that's going to succeed or fail. In those moments, you can say, "Okay, this is clearly an indication of a relationship that's that is not going to succeed if this is the continued path of communication and expectation." And then this person who says, "I want to work on this. I need to work on myself. Here my here are my boundaries, my rules." or here are my boundaries based on the rules that we come together with and understand about each other. And I want to work toward a better tomorrow with you. That's going to be successful. Or at least we will bet on that over somebody saying, I don't want you to do this with these people because of XYZ. i Z. I'm not comfortable with it. It's not good for me. Um, that's, that's destructive. So we know, we usually know when we when we step back and we're the observer of our own selves in our exchange with others, we usually can tell pretty quickly based on the words said and the body language used, what's going to be good and what's not going to be good. So sometimes people, let's just take a step back, take a step back, even if the situation already happened, take a step back, own up to it, talk to the person that you hurt, tell them, Sorry. Sorry is an amazing tool that too many people just kind of look over. Instead, they justify why they did it and they double down and they damage the hell out of those relationships. (laughs) It's okay to say sorry. You know why? Because somebody loves you so much more because you decided to say, I'm sorry for what I did. Man, (laughs) when we can follow up and be better than two minutes ago, two weeks ago, whatever it is, and own up to it. Yeah, we're gonna make some great relationships out of that. Isn't that what we want? I think it is.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of power in in showing up and and having some accountability and, and ownership. Because um, I think that that's a big part of the this process. So I don't think that we should be afraid of of that part of of the failure in uh, this journey. Is as well, um, so good stuff, brother. I'm I'm glad that we uh, we talked this out again, Jonah. I'm, yeah, brother, I'm so <laughs> sorry if you're listening to this. You know, I'm sure it's rough yeah. for you, brother. But um, I, I did enjoy this conversation and and some of the direction that it went. And uh, my wife has set a boundary that the later it gets, uh, and if I don't give her an hour before bedtime, she's less inclined for sexy time. So I gotta go. <laughs> Put my intentionality in there, brother, and I gotta, I gotta stop. I gotta press stop on this record button with you, man, because I gotta go put it I in understand. with life and get the quality time. Man, so, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, listeners, for tuning in, and thank you, JJ. Uh, uh, I enjoyed it, and hope you guys did too. Uh, until next time, I'm your host, CJ.
1: I'm JJ,
0: and this has been the ADH Dads. We'll see you next time.